Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNBR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we've got a few things to talk about. Um, the game against Kansas last night was canceled. Um, we'll talk about that real quick right off the jump. But uh, also, the Buffs lost Demetrius Martin to the Oregon Ducks. That's a cornerbacks coach. He's going to go coach defensive backs there. I guess it's not official yet, but Bruce Feldman, who breaks a lot of these sorts of stories, said that that's what he's heard. And if that's what he's heard, it's probably going to happen. Um, then finally, also yesterday, Kyle Devan uh, signed on to be Colorado's offensive line coach. Uh, so we're going to knock out some of this basketball drama real quick, and then we'll jump in with some of the coaching changes, which are... A mixed bag. One I really like. One feels not good at all. Um, just on yesterday, though. So for those of you who weren't paying attention somehow, Colorado was supposed to play the number seven team in the country last night. Uh, that's Kansas. And that game didn't happen because Colorado caught some COVID cases during the day. Um, and about two hours before tip-off, a, li a little less than two hours before tip-off, the Buffs called the game off. Um, sounds like they got a, a case early in the day, and because they had that positive test, they had to test the whole team, they had to wait for those results to get back and see if they wound up with multiple positives, because that would mean you cancel the game. I would imagine that's what happened. There's a chance that Kansas just backed out and said, well, we're worried that this might be the case, and so we're just not even going to mess with it. Um, but that's that's my understanding of what went down there, and I bet we'll probably get more information in the uh, near future. Actually, I mean, it's Christmas break for those guys, so it won't be that near, but eventually we'll get more information. Not much more analysis I can provide than that, other than it just really sucks. Um you know, now now the buffs are done with conference play. I don't think we've heard anything about whether the game will be made up. It definitely won't be made up this season, but it was the second half of a home and home. And when that was originally supposed to be played in 2020, December of 2020, a year ago, but because of the pandemic it got moved and now because of the pandemic it gets canceled or potentially postponed to next season. I'm not sure what that's going to look like though. It does seem like Kansas owes the Buffs a game here, maybe because they showed up something I'm not sure. Um but that'll be a story for the off season, I'm sure. Again, just sucks that it doesn't happen. Now the Buffs are on to conference play. They've got 
Oregon on the 30th. That'll be their first game. Uh, I think it's it's actually at Oregon. And then on the 1st, I believe, they play at Oregon State. And they're off until then. So hopefully that's enough time to get everybody healthy. Um, you know, again, I'm pretty sure what? You're, you're told 10 days from the day you first experienced symptoms. So if there was a positive test yesterday, the symptoms... I mean, I'd guess that there were no symptoms. Otherwise, they would say, dude, stay the F away from everybody. Um, but those symptoms could be coming in the next day or two. Um, or, I mean, it could be asymptomatic as well. That is also very possible, especially if they're vaccinated. And I'm actually not sure what the vaccination, or sorry, the uh, testing policy is. I guess that it's something like you'd have to test if you're uh, unvaccinated. And so that would change those odds a little bit. The point is, though, Next couple of days, I'm sure CU is going to figure out who has it, who doesn't. Um, obviously, everybody spends a lot of time together. So if one person has it, I'd be surprised if that's the only one. Um, this is a bad time for COVID. Very bad time for COVID in the United States and other places. Um, CSU was supposed to play uh, Alabama last night. Uh, that got postponed because CSU has COVID. Um, the Avalanche are on a four-game pause. The Nuggets just missed their last game because of it, but they're playing actually here pretty soon. I'm excited to sit here and watch that. Um, but that's uh, it's COVID season. What 25% of the NBA has now tested positive in the uh, this season, um, and that was yesterday. And there have been a lot of positive tests again today. That's just the world we live in at this point. Um, everybody, take care of yourselves. I feel like that's a, a good message. Make sure that you're wearing a mask and all that. Um, it's not fun. It's not fun. Um, let's take a quick break right here. Brackenridge Brewery. Uh, for Christmas, what does everybody want? Beers from Brackenridge Brewery. In particular, go get that Christmas ale. I mean, it's good stuff and you can get it in bottles. You can get it in the mini keg. They do so much to support us and the least we can do is support them. So, uh, reminder. Go get your hands on some of that. You can pick it up at liquor stores. You can pick it up uh, at grocery stores. Again, you want that mini keg because it is just the best way to spice up the holidays. And, I mean, pretty soon that Christmas sale is going away too. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team and win 150 in free bets if they're victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. Uh, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm actually just logging on to get my bonus before I forget. Um, also, we have a new partner that uh, I'm excited to tell you about. This is Lightshade Dispensary. So, uh, Lightshade Dispensary is the highest award top, or sorry, I got that one wrong, Escape Artist. 
is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. Uh, prioritizes quality and consistency with ratios available in one to one and high ratio CBD 20 to one. We have you covered always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver the premium experience. Our 800-800 creams are Escape Artist's highest potency creams available. The creams penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort. They're non-greasy, non-staining, they're fast-absorbing, and they take effect in 10 minutes or less. You go get that Escape Artist at Colorado's premier dispensary, that's Lightshade, with 10, soon-to-be 11, convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. Offering something for everyone, from the casual consumer to the connoisseur, Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Plus, if you are listening to this podcast, which you are, uh, you can go to Lightshade and get 25% off non-sale items with the code DMVR. You can shop it online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Oh, by the way, I did the DraftKings thing. Guess what? Got the maximum. I got the $50 free bet. And uh, I put on Nicole Jokic to get triple-double. It's going to be a Christmas miracle if it happens. It's going to be $95 in my DraftKings account if Nicole Jokic has a triple-double. That's plus 190. The man is an animal. And uh, I mean, look at that. What a, what a fun way to spend a night. All of a sudden, I just get to do that for free with an awesome payout. All right. Into these coaches. So, um... Let's just dig in with Demetrius Martin because this is probably the uh, more contentious. People are fired up and people probably should be fired up. Um, just for some background, Demetrius Martin is a 48-year-old defensive backs coach. He was uh, drafted by the Braves in high school, uh, declined that, decided to play football, went to Michigan State, played uh, receiver and cornerback there. Um, had the really short stint on uh, practice squad in the NFL. I think it was with the Rams. And then he got into coaching high school football. He was a high school coach in the mid-late 90s in California for a couple years. Wound up going into JUCO for a handful of years after that, still in California. Developed a whole bunch of ties to the football community in California. Um, that has kind of been the basis of his recruiting prowess ever since uh, recruited 21 four-stars, a couple of five-stars. Um, he was Colorado's number two recruiter in this cycle. Actually, no, wait, wait, wait. He was number three this cycle because Carl Durrell was actually number one, and then Brian Michalowski, and then Martin. Um, in the previous cycle, the 2021 cycle, he was Colorado's top recruiter. So, I mean, that's a big piece of what you're losing Um and, uh, I mean, just look at the cornerbacks he's brought in, right? I mean, you've got uh, Kalen Moore. I guess Tyron Taylor's actually playing safety now, but that he was a cornerback, somebody that um, Demetrius brought in. Um, Nico Reed. I mean, it's a, it's a very solid group that, that he brought in. Even if, I guess, the ratings didn't say they were that good, but we saw what we saw, so what do we really care about here? Um, on top of that... I mean, you look at what has changed with these cornerbacks since he's been here. Um, you know, first year for Christian Gonzalez, you see all the tools, you see the length, you see the speed. You also see that he doesn't get his head around in coverage and gets called for a couple too many penalties. You know, the ball gets close to the receiver. It's it's It was not uncommon for Christian to kind of panic. There's a couple plays in particular that stand out. 
where he's just kind of diving into the midsection. You're like, oh, you did everything so right until the end. Well, this year, he gets his head around. He's making plays on the ball. It's um, It was very clear the growth that he saw or that, that we saw. And, uh, I mean, you look at who the cornerback's coach was. I, I We talked about this in the past. I thought that Demetrius Martin was one of the safest coaches on the staff because of just the, the success that, that he's had. But, you know, at the time, we didn't talk about who is most likely to get poached. And I honestly hadn't really thought about this. I hadn't thought about the potential that, that Demetrius Martin could get poached. But now when you look at it, it's like, hmm, he has a son who's a four-star cornerback. People are going to want those ties on top of all the other things we've talked about. You know, he's coached Arizona. He's coached at Washington. He's coached at UCLA. He has this massive footprint in Pac-12 territory. He's a coach that anybody's going to want. And Oregon swooped in, and uh, they got him. They got him. Wait, did I say Arizona? Oregon swooped in. I'm, I'm not my best right now. You may have noticed. Um, this one stings for Colorado. It absolutely stings. Um, that's a good coach who walked out the door and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you have Makai Blackman tweeting, what is this? I can't even act like I'm not sick. Meat is the best coach I've had for real. There you go. I mean, it's, it stings. It stings for sure. Um, but you know, this is, this goes along with all the other conversations we have about the state of CU football. You know, when you talk about the recruiting, you talk about all that stuff. You, This is where Colorado's at. This is still a, a stepping stone school. This is not Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State. And, I mean, Oregon's kind of right there, too. So, I mean, this is – you guys know better than me. This is not an easy process. Um, but it really does hurt to lose a position coach likely to, to the same – position the same job within your own conference um lateral moves like that really sting um just like a refresh we've talked about this quite a bit but obviously Carl Durrell under contract for three more seasons um from there you've got Chris Wilson the defensive coordinator defensive line coach under contract for two more seasons um and then you've got Brian Cook, the tight ends coach, and you've got the inside linebackers coach, Mark Smith, under contract for one more season. Um, they both signed two-year deals last year. So that is who you have signed on right now. Plus, you hired your offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford. I don't think we've gotten the details of that contract yet, um, but you'd have to assume multi-year deal, probably six hundred, seven hundred thousand a year. Um and then, like I mentioned earlier, you signed Kyle Devan as your offensive line coach. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about him yet. So before we talk about him, again, just want to remind you guys, you've got your, oh wow, head coach, both coordinators, tight ends, linebackers coaches, and offensive line coach signed on. So your wide receivers coach, running backs coach, quarterbacks coach, those are all open on the offensive side of the ball. Again, I mean, I know Sanford has experience. I think he actually played for Danny Langsdorf. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes back as quarterback's coach. Um, obviously, Mike Sanford is going to handle one of those jobs. Um, one of those three. He's coached all three before. 
Um, so just kind of his pick of, of one of those three. Um, and then you've got Darian Hagen, who what, he's been around for 17 years. He's been coaching under six different coaches. He's, he, he's going to be back as running backs coach. I would be shocked if he is not. Um, so, so there's the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, outside linebackers. I mean, if they don't bring back Brian Michalowski, I'd be very surprised. Um, if he gets another opportunity, he gets another opportunity. But and that's that's another one of your really good coaches. Um, you got Brett Maxey with the safeties, and again, I think he's probably back as well. But those are the two uh, defensive jobs that are still kind of up for grabs, need to be filled out. Oh, <laughs> forgot. Plus your cornerbacks, coach. But we've we've talked about that. Okay, let's uh, talk about Kyle Devan. So. Um, not a name that I'd heard before, but a name that, uh, McChesney, Matt McChesney, our guy really likes, um, we're going to have him on sometime in the next couple of days to talk about him just running through Wikipedia. It looks like they spent at least a couple of months together with the New York jets back in the day when they were both offensive linemen. I always forget with McChesney when he was offensive line, defensive line, but they were teammates for a stretch back then. Um, and have probably built a relationship since. You know, he's an offensive analyst at Michigan. It seems like every year McChesney's sending kids to Michigan. Um, just another note on that, he's going to continue to serve as an offensive analyst until the end of Michigan season. So if they lose in the first round of college football playoff, he'll probably go to Boulder after that. Uh, if they go to the national championship, he goes to Boulder after that. Um, but that's the plan there. He's on board as soon as Michigan season is over. Um, he, uh, he played at Oregon state, played five seasons in the NFL undrafted 2008, um, wound up being the starter for the Colts in the super bowl that they lost against the saints. So you, you love the fact that he was playing with Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning. Um, from there winds up being a, uh, the assistant offensive line coach with Sean Payton, um, and the Saints in 2015. Next year, he goes on to be the offensive line uh, at Ball State. He's there for three years. Um, then he's the ass- assistant head coach there for those last two seasons. In 2019, uh, his next step is going to Arizona, where he was the offensive line coach. And then after two seasons there, he wound up at Michigan this season as the offensive analyst. Worth noting, Michigan won the Joe Moore Award, which is the award that goes to the best offensive line in the country. So you like seeing that too. Um, I don't have a lot of details about him other than like the biographical stuff. I can say that that's a great resume. I can say that bringing in a 36-year-old makes a lot of sense. I can say that I trust Matt McChesney's opinion on these sorts of things um, to an extreme degree. And if he says this is a good coach, then I believe that's a good coach. Um, general consensus is that this is a pretty great hire for the Buffs. Uh, hopefully somebody who can turn things around pretty quickly. Um, we saw what could happen in the middle of the season with the the tweak to the offensive line uh, coaching position with William Vlahos, the quality control coach, stepping in for uh, Mitch Rodriguez, who was fired in October. Crazy that was so long ago at this point. Um, but we saw some improvement there. I think that you really hope that uh, Devan can take him to the next level. Um it was going to be interesting to see whether William Vallejos was going to get the full-time job. I think that it was probably a conversation, right? But it might make more sense for him to to spend a year, you know, at a ball state, for example, where Devan was before taking that step. Um, 
especially considering the problems that the Buffs have in the offensive line. Kyle Devan seems like a pretty perfect blend of experience, having done this job at a Power 5 level. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to consider Arizona that, uh, for one season, plus a few more years, other places, NFL background, working, like I said, with Peyton Manning and um, Jeff Saturday and, I mean, Sean Payton, so many... Uh, so many great coaches in background. And then obviously this season is work with Michigan. It seems like a home run hire. You know, if you weren't fired up about Mike Sanford, um, then uh, hopefully this will help you out just a little bit. Um, again, you can't really grade a hire until you see these guys actually coach. But this is this is an exciting, an exciting hire for sure. Um in terms of looking around, I guess before we get out of here, just running through those open jobs, I do think Darian Hagan is back. I think that's basically a lock. I think Brian Michalowski is back. I think that's also a lock. Um, the big questions to me, Brett Maxey and Danny Langsdorf. You know, we've had the Danny Langsdorf talk before. Like what? It's it's a He was put in a tough position last year, right? Like, you have two scholarship quarterbacks, uh, a second-year freshman and a first-year freshman, and the quarterbacks were not good. At the same time, you did see improvement. You know, Brendan Lewis at the end of the year was a lot better than he was at the beginning of the year. On top of that, there was a bunch of dysfunction in other places, you know, with the play calling, with the offensive line, you know, the running game, probably because the passing game was struggling, at least to some degree, really struggled as well. You know, that's a... That's a tough situation to try to get stellar play out of a quarterback. And, you know, the truth is he didn't get stellar play out of a quarterback. He's also somebody who has a bunch of experience. He's somebody who has worked with some of these coaches before. He's somebody who's been the offensive coordinator at multiple Power 5 schools. And a background like that, I mean, there, there's some stability there. Plus, you like the idea of having the same guy work with your players for multiple seasons instead of just starting totally over with somebody else. You know, you bring in a new coach, and all of a sudden it's, no, I want the the footwork like this. I want you looking here. I want these different things. And you wind up reteaching a bunch of stuff instead of building on what you've already done. Also, you know, who was he working with? Obviously, J.T. Shrout for the, most of the offseason. But Drew Carter, Brendan Lewis... I mean, this is going to be a big quarterback competition. You've got J.T. Shrout back, obviously, and he might be the favorite just by hair. But now this is where you expect a guy like uh, Drew Carter to really compete. And this is where Maddox Cop comes in, and you expect him to compete. Um, Owen McCown, you know, it, in the past couple years, it's looked like Carl's been really hesitant. Um, with Danny Langsdorf there as well to uh, to play a true freshman, but you know, there's it's also true that he's worked a lot with Josh McCown. I think that being a McCown, growing up a McCown, thinking football with all the McCowns, I mean, that's going to put you a little bit further ahead than your average true freshman quarterback. Is it enough? Um, I don't think so, personally, just because of the, the physical problems. Plus, do you really want six quarterbacks competing for one job? It's tough to split those snaps like that. Um, so that's where I'm at. As of right now, um, point is, with all of those different guys, how much continuity do you really have? Because only two of them were actually healthy last season and played last season. 
and one more was around for the offseason. So that's going to be a tough call. Um, yeah, I, I, we'll go to Brett Maxey now at the safeties. Again, it's a similar conversation. I think that that's somebody who sticks around. I think that you like the continuity. I think that you like what you saw from your safeties last year. You know, I, I think that um, Mark Perry took a step forward, particularly late in that season. I think you saw some good things at Trevor Woods and, and Tyron Taylor. I think that the problem at safety is more of a, I guess, a combination of talent and experience. You know, you, you wish that you just had a, a good veteran player, um, and you wish that the freshmen that have to play were freak five-star freshmen. And I don't think that... I, I mean, I do think that those guys were pretty close to maximized, right? I think you probably could have gotten more out of Mark Perry. But again, it's a, it's a position where you have to grow and learn and all that stuff. And you just want to see him kind of take that step next year. That's at a at a power five high-level program like... Alabama, you know, these guys aren't playing till their junior, senior year anyway. And this is where he gets to that point um, in, in his career. So I think you like what you saw there. I think that you like his presence. Um, but again, it's not like it's not like looking at the cornerbacks where you say, wow, that was one of the best groups in the Pac-12. And because of that, there's some doubt. So that's where I'm at with all this stuff. And uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll talk again soon and see if we can uh, figure out more about what's going on here.